Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and everything in between, welcome to another edition of The Ryan Show FM with your host, Ryan Vernell. And we've got three great guests coming tonight, a lot to discuss, so much to get into, so we're going to make this quick. Strap in and get ready for an entire two-hour presentation featuring the voice of Romy Chase, adult actress turned musician, rapper out of Brooklyn, BKG Gutta, and my pal George Randy, a longtime sports journalist who joins me every weekend over at Fox Sports 1280, Rochester for what's going on. DJ Khalil out of Staten Island on the ones and twos to start tonight off. Khalil, let's get it cracking, baby. You are now listening to the sounds of DJ Khalil. I'm F-R-E-E, free, that mean I ain't got a word by no T, and I'm F-I-N-G-L-E again, y'all fight hanging out the window with my ratchet friends, I'm F-R-E-E, free, that mean I ain't got a word by no T, and I'm F-I-N-G-L-E again, y'all fight hanging out the window with my ratchet friends, go, 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 go. To the L, to the O, big glow. You can catch me at a trap tennis slime with ya. I ain't popping out at parties, gotta boo me for a show. He say, yeah, be living fast, nah, boo slow. Hey, we hopping out at red lights, twerking on them headlights. She say she can't come outside today, that means she's scared, right? I be put up in the winter, in the summer, pop out at night. Ragging on that on top, he better hold his head tight. Anyways, life's great, still good. Still eating cake, wishing it a Got my foot up on they necks as a shoot. On gun, I'm F R E E free. That mean I ain't got a word by no T, and I'm S I N G L E again. Y'all start hanging out the window with my ratchet friends. I'm F R E free. That mean I ain't got a word by no T, and I'm S I N G L E again. Y'all start hanging out the window with my ratchet. I'm 
getting better every day. You got that Benjamin Button. Claiming he don't got a girl, you know niggas be frontin'. You don't need no bitch coming up to you as a woman. Ayy, and you a boss, so you hate when niggas waste time. You too pretty to be paused on the FaceTime. Damn, I'm just stating the facts. You hate that like you hate when niggas tell you relax. Something more than just physical It's been a while since you met someone original Word. You spend your time drinking wine in your living room All that good, good, can't find the one to give it to it's a, it's, a shame. it's a shame You see me, see the squad, it's a game, it's a game. You see him, it's a bum, it's a, lame. it's a lame But it's a difference between me and what's his name I swear to God, we're the mace I'ma drink this Henny to the I'm the king of talking shit, then backing it up. Hey, back, back, backing it up. Throw that shit over here, girl. That's what it's for. What you say? You know how to go and get a bag, don't you? You know how to make a bitch mad, don't you? Make your ex wanna get it back. That's a fact. Say a lot of for the bitches in the back. I'm the queen of talking shit, then I'm backing it up. Yeah, back, back, backing it up. Throw that money over here, nigga. That's what Look. the fuck said. I was getting some, get, getting some. Ran down on the bitch, she almost on her lap. To think they fucking with me must be sick in the head. Why don't you chill with the beef and get some chicken instead? Got the crown, shut it down, had it hype up in the sick. Is she dead? Let her lay one, bring more life into this bitch. Look, this girl should be a sin. You should call me cinnamon. Cardi B, bad Stores is fucking sending it. We see who winning. You see who got it. You see I'm still in the bank making deposits. You see who switched up sides and who was solid. You see who stuck to the code and who forgot it. Talk about it. You know how to go and get a bag, don't you? You know how to make a bitch mad, don't you? Make your ex wanna get it back. That's a fact. Say a lot of for the bitches in the back. Dusty mother 
you got ringworm. God, I used to be gorilla, but now I'm King Kong. I'm with the kings of New York, and this the theme song. Oh, you thought this was done? Stupid? Never. You better go and get your gun. I got crack on the track like I'm punched. Stupid. Even Biggie would tell you that I'm the one. Stupid. Stupid. They said it was finished. Nah. Then I made it more popping, and they said it's a gimmick. Stop. I told them, your life suck a with your wife's mouth. What? Then I brought Tony Allen to the White House. Right. All state to state, and they know my raps. You should have got at me before, now ain't no holding me back. Nope. They thought it was all jokes, ain't even know that I rap. The bullet hit him, and he died. He ain't even know he got clapped. Right. Now I'm walking to the club and drop to the floor. Oh my Don't God. let the internet fool you, you'll get rocked in the jaw. They asked if I could do it again, I told him, bet me. A billion on TikTok. Don't ever disrespect me. Loopy though. Stupid. Nah. You L stupido, goofy character, type the Mario Kruku, bing bong, I'm at your front door, ding dong, the white girl, an Empire State Builder, but King Kong, with a board date, you go to the yacht club, it's no thing to put your brain in a hot tub, that's an NFT, I piss in your Hennessy, I'm about peace, but I got issues and tendencies, I know I need therapy, but I'm in the Alpine 7, fully loaded, the homie trails in the Cherokee, know that he's strapped to, his gun ain't for tattoos, I'm playing bass, but you are sweet. Jack they ask me where I stay, tell them out of the way, ain't a beach on your block, how you riding the wave, how you lit without a fire, who's providing the flames, bing bong, you not a player, if you not in the game, ghost. La, 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 wait till I give my money right. I had a dream I could buy my way to heaven, when I woke I spent that on a necklace. I told God I'll be back in a second Man, it's so hard not to act reckless To whom much is given, much is tested Get arrested, guess until he get the message I feel the pressure under more scrutiny And what I do, act more stupidly Bought more jewelry, more Louis V My mama couldn't get through to me The drama, people suing me I'm on TV talking like it's just you and me I'm just saying how I feel, man. I ain't one of the Cosby's. I ain't go to hell, man. I guess the money should have changed them. I guess I should have forgot where I came from. Wait till I get my money right. Then you can't tell me nothing, right? Excuse me, was you saying something? Uh-uh, you can't tell me nothing. You can't tell me Nothing. Uh uh, you can't tell me nothing. Let up the suicide doors. This is my life, homie. You decide yours. I know that Jesus died for us, but I couldn't tell you who the side was. So I parallel double park that motherfucker sideways. Old folks talking about back in my day. But homie, this is my day. Class started two hours ago. Oh, am I late? No, I already graduated And you can live through anything if magic made it They say I talk with so much emphasis Ooh, they so sensitive Don't ever fix your lips like collagen To say something where you gon' end up apologizing Let me know if it's a problem then Alright, man, holla then Tell me nothing. You can't tell me 
nothing Uh-uh, you can't tell me nothing Let the champagne splash Let that man get cash Let that man get past He don't even stop to get gas If he can move through the rumors He can drive off of fumes Cause how he move in a room full of nose How he stay faithful in a room full of Must be the pharaohs he in tune with his soul So when he buried in a tomb full of gold Treasure, what's your pleasure? Life is a uh, depending how you dress her So if the devil wear Prada, Adam, Eve wear Nada I'm in between but way more fresher But way less effort Cause when you try hard, it's when you die hard Your homies looking like why God When they reminisce over you, my God right along folks this is indeed the ryan show fm with your host ryan vernell and it's been a while since we've had a lady on the show it's about damn time usually stuck with a bunch of idiot dudes sitting around bantering but we can finally ask a lady questions don't be creeped out right away nothing too crazy she's a music creator she's a content creator she's a former teacher and she's hanging down in las vegas right are you in las vegas right now yes i moved to las vegas very recently very recently okay well we're gonna get into uh into all of it romy chase is here for the first time ever welcome to the ryan show fm miss chase it's good to have you here how are you tonight i'm great i'm looking forward to the show so finally starting <laughs> that's it people have been sitting and anticipating we've been playing some music with dj khalil and romy i didn't know that you could sing well, we, we have some pipes on you but we didn't know that you were a literal singer how long have you been singing for? I've been singing since I was literally a toddler. Um, I was probably about five years old when I had my first performance. <laughs> During, you know, it wasn't my anything serious. It was just like a school play, a preschool play. But that was the first time I ever performed in public in front of an audience. Did and you do well? Yes, and shortly after that, my father get, uh, got me some, you know, singing classes and piano lessons privately so that I could practice and get better. And I started doing, you know, performances at a local theater, um, at a basketball game for my hometown team where I'm from. So, you know, it's it's been a while, but unfortunately I quit <laughs> when I was 15 and now I, I am just now getting back to it, so... So you never actually pursued it? No, this is this is the first time I've ever thought about it seriously. I always wanted to. It's always been my dream. I always felt like I belong on stage and I, I need to be performing. But I was never in a position to actually really pursue my dream. And now I finally am. So that's what I'm doing, you know. It's uh, one of the hardest parts because we deal with a lot of independent artists. Everyone's always sending me their music, trying to be heard. But it's hard without building a platform. You already built a platform. 
So I'm sure that a lot of your fans are listening, but there's some that aren't. Miss Romy Chase has built quite a career as a starlet and adult entertainer. So, I mean, you're killing it. You have a, a, a built-in fan base and following now to listen to your music. So besides that, how else does being successful in the adult entertainment industry help or not help you with your music career? Okay, so one thing that's really important to understand is when you create a fan base around something, they're there for that majority of the people, okay? There are obviously some diehard fans who are a fan of you, not a fan of a niche that you're in, and they are ready to you know, support whatever it is that you're doing. But majority of the people are not like that. So, you know, just because I had built a fan base doesn't mean everybody's converting and listening to my music. Matter of fact, it's been extremely rough <laughs> trying to get people to convert. But, you know, the, the, the diehard fans are always there. They're always there to support. And we are, you know, we are popping on on the algorithm, uh, the algorithms pushing the song, you know, the song is reaching a very wide audience outside of the United States as well. So, it, you know, I, I'm trying to get new people to see what I'm doing and, and become a fan of, of mine through music. What uh, country, what country is your song popping in? Uh, well, my top country is obviously the United States, but there is also Germany, there's Canada, there's Finland. Um, Those loyal German fans. It's got to be the German fan base. German, Germany, I think at this point is my number two country. So they're def it's def my new music is definitely reaching my German fans. They're um, real loyal. They're diehard, those Germans. <laughs> yeah. You know, in this day and age with the internet, it's, it's, it's not that hard to reach, you know, people in other countries, which is really awesome. I love connecting with people from different countries. I love learning about new cultures that I haven't, you know, I'm not familiar with. So to me, that's just beautiful and I couldn't be happier. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. And I'm looking here just for the audience to be aware. The song Control, it's out everywhere now. We're gonna play in just a few minutes and go to a quick break because we do have a lot to talk about. Uh, but you know what, you, you talk about how the audience doesn't always follow through. They're loyal, but only to a certain point. However, right. I do notice that a lot of adult entertainers have opened up OnlyFans, which is a whole new level of loyalty when you can just go to Pornhub or other places and get it for free. So that being said, I feel like you got to trick these perverts and get them through OnlyFans. We got to put out the music through there and they have to click the link. If they want to see something, they've got to support the music. That's what I think. My, my OnlyFans uh, fans, especially the top tippers, have come through tremendously. They, I, I be, you know, I, I do campaigns on there trying to raise some funds for the music because let's be honest, it's not cheap making, you know, new music all the time. And the fans have been very generous, I must say. So I, they are definitely very supportive and, you know, they're downloading Spotify and what whatnot. So I, I couldn't be more grateful. But I, I do want to go back to uh, because you were asking, like, how did the adult industry help you or not help you? Mm -hmm. I want to say this just for the record, set the record straight. Talk bad about the adult industry ever because mm. the adult industry helped shape me not only as a creator, but also as a person and as an artist. It gave me a tremendous boost, boost of confidence 
it, you know, put me in a position I've never been in before. So, you know, whatever it is, whatever new things that I'm going to get into in the future, I'm always going to be shouting out the adult industry because it's, it's just been such an awesome journey. You know, there's a lot of haters, but overall the positive feedback and the love has been just overwhelming. So I just wanted to put it out there, you know. And that's different than other uh, entertainers that we've had on the show. Not everybody looks back so fondly on their experiences working within it or whatever. Uh, but you know what? Let's hold that thought because there are a few questions that I'd like to get into, but we're going to play your single control right now. And uh, about this single, is there anything that we should know about it? First off, was it you that actually wrote it? It's okay. We can be honest. We had ghostwriters. But was I, it you that wrote control? I have wrote control. 100% by myself. This was my first lyrical project ever. And I also composed the melody for it as well myself. Oh. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a very, uh, it's very, it, I, I did it myself, you know, with the help of uh, a Grammy nominated producer, baby Brown actually. And oh, wow. okay. yeah, I created control. I started creating control actually back in Miami when I was still living there. Um, and that's why you're going to hear a lot of Caribbean influence in the beat, um, a lot of Arabic, Indian, and, um, you know, Anglo-American influence as well, because I wanted to create, for my first song, I wanted to create something that everyone can kind of rock with. And it, the track is 100% me. Um, the lyrics are definitely embody my personality. I'm huge on, you know, self-growth and... Uh, being in, in control of your of your future of your present as well. So yes, the the track definitely embodies who I am, and I'm supremely proud of it. <laughs> so I hope you guys like it. <laughs> well, it really comes from the heart. If you wrote it all yourself, the lyrics, the music. Who did you write this song for? Who who did I write the song for? Yeah, if you if you'd have to say, did you write it for yourself? Did you write it for a certain group of people? Maybe for somebody out there listening. Who did you write the song for? I've, I created the song for everyone, honestly, for my fans, for myself. Um, it was a little bit of a, a, a personal challenge for me as well, you know, trying to see, like, can I do this? Like, can I really come through like that? But I generally am a fan of creating, whether it's content or music or whatever it is that I'm creating. I love creating stuff with meaning that has a, a message. Um and that is why I wrote Control. I feel like people need to hear more music that carries a deeper message. Um, Love it. So, yeah. So here it is, Control. Romy Chase, don't go anywhere, folks. This is The Ryan Show FM. We'll be back right after this song. DJ Honky Wonky on the ones and twos. Hit it. We'll be back.
are back. This is the Ryan Show FM. And for the creeps that are here listening, you know who you are. Those that are subscribed to OnlyFans everywhere around the world. That song was written for you. That was Control by the great Romy Chase. Adult entertainer. I don't even want to say turned musician. She's really a musician turned adult entertainer turned musician. She's back to a real calling here. She's here to make music for you people out there. And it's been an exciting ride. You mentioned that you don't have any regrets. You enjoy the adult entertainment business. And I wonder, how has it changed? I mean, we see OnlyFans out there now. I remember it's changed. I look, I've been a fan since I was a kid. I've been looking at porn, right? And it's gone from what? Sitting on a computer waiting for hours for it to load up to a cell phone to now every single girl you went to high school with has an OnlyFans. <laughs> it's just, it's crazy, right? Um, but with all these different iterations of it, do you still see it? as a positive thing or, or what do you take from the whole evolution since you've been involved in it? I think it's absolutely amazing because it's giving women and men as well. It's empowering us to, you know, embrace our sexuality, to be our own boss and to really, you know, get out there. Cause it's not easy to just like, you know, show your naked body for like thousands of people to see. You know what I mean? And, and let alone, you know, get somebody to actually pay for it, let alone pay a lot of money for it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it is definitely very empowering. It's definitely a, a huge confidence boost, um, in my opinion. And I have never been more fulfilled and more empowered and liberated as a woman than I am right now. So um, you weren't pushed into it by anything crazy, because that's one of the great criticisms you hear that. It's girls that might be trouble and they get pushed into it. I mean, what was it like first joining? You mentioned how hard it is, right? To be able to take your clothes off on camera. I couldn't do it. <laughs> Unless that camera is very hidden away, right? Hopefully nothing leaks. But that being said, um, like that first experience, like how does something like that go down? So basically, how did I get into it? Yeah, how did you get into it? Okay, so I am originally from Poland and I immigrated to the United States in 2017. Um, for those of you immigrants out there, you know how it is. It takes a long time to process with the immigration services in this country. It takes, you know, often a couple years um, without, you know, the social security number and, you know, the whole like work permits and all that stuff. You can't really get a job. So you just kind of mm. sit here and hovering hoping you know that you can pay those bills so that's kind of what happened i you know i had quit my teaching job back in poland i you know i had gotten my master's degree back in poland i started my teaching career and everything and then eventually i just was like i can't do this it's not for me at all so i literally just dropped everything i had in poland i sold everything i had and i moved to the states with barely any plan really <laughs> that's how crazy i was wow. at the time and you know eventually the i, I busted my head on, rea on reality i'm like i gotta pay bills you know i gotta i gotta do something you know yeah. so instead of you know just trying to just get like a illegal job somewhere i started doing uh, a lot of fetish wrestling which i wrestled like scrawny guys that's like what yeah four four eleven ninety pounds you know men what sign me up where can you this is insane this is a real thing where is this it's a thing it's a fetish um, oh it's a fetish thing oh my god so in trouble i am 190 pounds you know five four i'm not tall but i'm big and curvy 
So it's definitely a fetish. I started doing a lot of fetish wrestling for money. Um, and then eventually I got into glamour and boudoir photography, um, started doing a lot of gigs. I'm sorry know. to get back to the fetish wrestling, but was it stage wrestling? We all know wrestling is scripted. Or were you really taking these dudes on? It, it was kind of both, like 50-50, really. Half of it was scripted. Half of it was just kind of going along. This is like in front of people, in front of a big audience? No, so this was for videos. I actually, it's an interesting story because I actually got scammed. I didn't know I no. was to the wrestling thing. I, I mean, okay, this guy reached out to me uh, back in Florida, and he's like, I'm making a documentary about, like, uh, what's the word um, of martial arts and you know like uh, <laughs> teaching women how to defend themselves and stuff and we're going to film yeah. that and have this documentary and he was paying pretty well so I was like all right you know kind of desperate you know I gotta go get that money so eventually it turned out later he didn't tell me I signed a release and everything and he didn't tell me this was a for a fetish site I yeah, you've, got, you've got some serious cojones <laughs> Going to meet karate masters for fetish porn? Do you have like insane fighting experience? Or just being in Poland teaches you that? I didn't think Poland was that crazy. I mean, I, I had no experience in wrestling whatsoever. This was like for beginners and stuff. So, you know, he paid me and I later found out actually a friend of mine found my videos. No uh, way. Um, on fetish sites for sale, you know. And so they can't even, I mean, they shouldn't be there in the first place if they're going to criticize you. Or were they like, yo, were they your fan? Did they hit you up like, yo, good work? Well, I, they just found it and they just showed it to me, you know? And I just, I didn't really understand what was going on. And then I later put two and two together and realized that I got scammed. But I oh. actually continued doing it and I didn't say nothing because I needed the money. So I- After you found out, you knew. After I found out, it was- Because I was fine with it. I, yeah. I was cool, you know? Um, and- Eventually, I just, you know, I started doing glamour and the um, boudoir shoots, and I started opening an Instagram, and it took off for me fast with the followers. And then, you know, a couple months later, I was like, I got to get into this full time. And that's how I started. So Instagram really helped blow you up. Instagram was, and is to this day, my main platform. Um, I wasn't able to get on OnlyFans until like 2019 because, again, I needed to have a social security number on all that stuff. I needed to be fully processed. But oh. by 2019, I was able to finally, you know, start making money on OnlyFans, which took off for me fast. I made my first million dollars maybe like a year and a half later. Wow. So, it was Congratulations. <laughs> and to you. all the young ladies out there wondering, this is why Miss Romy Chase has enjoyed the <laughs> entertainment business. And this is the thing. It, it's like you've only got to see the really good stuff, I feel. You mentioned starting in 2017. Some of the horrible stories that we hear came from years and years ago. And then there was this gray era, I feel, where it must have just been really hard to make money before OnlyFans. I mean, what, what are the other ways and, like, the best ways to monetize the adult film industry in this day and age besides only fans right now yeah at this point in time there are plenty of subscription platforms that you can choose from there are sexting platforms there are cam sites where you can you know do live shows there are plenty to choose from so i wouldn't really recommend a, a particular one hmm. but i you know there are sites like only fans there are campsites there are sexting apps uh there are 
foot fetish sites where you can sell foot photos and you know things like that so so you can definitely monetize adult content but you know the problem is that people think remember when the pandemic started and like everybody just hopped on OnlyFans because they thought they could they could just make all this money like immediately so <laughs> for those of y'all who are actually considering anything like this it doesn't necessarily work like that you don't just hop on the site and make a million dollars okay you have to this is a real job and it requires a real commitment so you know just like you would treat any other business you have to put in the work oftentimes more than a regular nine to five. So just, you know, just so, so that y'all know that it's not like, you know, let me just hop online and make a hundred dollars an hour. You know what I mean? <laughs> Did that affect any of the girls that were doing it for real and professionally, or were you just laughing at all these wannabes trying? I personally, oh, there, there was a little bit of worry, you know, in the industry, some girls were like, oh my God, the market's getting oversaturated. But I've always kind of thought about it as, you know, a market can't be oversaturated if you're the product because mm. there's only one of you. There's no competition. And that is why mm. I always teach because I, I do a lot of coaching on the site as well. I have my coaching girls where I teach women how to make money online, how to monetize their you know, their, their, um, their looks are whatever it is that they want to do online. It, you know, if you're the product, the fans are the, the fans are there for you. They're a fan of yours, not the niche that you're in. The niche could be oversaturated, but there's only one of you. So I didn't see it personally. I didn't see it as any kind of competition at all. Matter of fact, during the pandemic, my earnings, earnings quadrupled. Wow. Quadrupled, <laughs> not doubled, Insane. not triple, quadrupled. <laughs> and this is across all the different apps and all the different streams, revenue, or just OnlyFans? No, this was just OnlyFans. Wow. Just OnlyFans. I have never been a fan of, you know, being everywhere, being available everywhere possible. Um, I think it takes away from, like, that like, luxurious experience. Um because you can now, you can oversaturate a market with yourself. There, there can be too much of you on the internet now. Exactly. So I've always kind of stuck to one, to one to two platforms at a time. One being the main one, which is OnlyFans, and another one a supporting site. You know, because not everybody likes OnlyFans. Some people just general just don't like it, just hate it. You know. So I have a, another one as like a supportive, supporting platform, like a, a supplement. <laughs> Makes sense. I mean, not, not only were people just stuck inside and had to look at porn, you were literally not allowed to leave your house, but OnlyFans became mainstream. Everybody from high school had OnlyFans, so all of a sudden it was where you were going. So that all of the actual porn stars could cash in. That makes sense for you to quadruple your OnlyFans money. That's crazy. OnlyFans has changed the porn game forever, and it's never going to be like it used to be ever again. So wow. you might want to get used to it, you know, having to tip girls for content. You know, you want to jerk off, you got to pay for it. <laughs> you got to pay the toll, troll. <laughs> At this point, that's it. This is the Ryan Show FM. We're going to go, uh, actually, we're going to play some funk. We're going to hit you with some funk. We've got Honky Wonky on the ones and twos. We've got Romy Chase in studio. We've got a long night ahead and more questions for Romy. I want to know more about a teaching career. Is there a future in teaching? We're going to find out soon. Don't go nowhere, folks.
we're back, folks. If you're a listener of the show, you know that the Alpha Metaverse is pretty much just as good uh, as real life. If not, it's better. Go to alphacityofficial.com. Romy, let me tell you, this whole Alpha Metaverse thing, do you know anything about Web3 and throwing on the Oculus glasses and escaping reality? I, I have Oculus. Um, I've you know played a couple games. I mostly purchased it for like some kind of a interactive workout <laughs> nice um, but ever since i honestly forgot about it thank you for reminding me because i moved to this new house i bought this house maybe in march february end of february march Ooh, congratulations okay thank you i actually haven't unpacked my oculus yet so I, i'm gonna have to dig into the boxes i know don't come for me i still have boxes unpacked unpacked after almost a year but you know, <laughs> not just you, a lot of people, I feel like I bought the Oculus and I hadn't really been using it. It was the future to the present to the past, but now it's the present again, Ms. Romy. Um, to anyone out there listening, go to alphacitymeta.com. This is not just the future of the adult entertainment industry right now. There's all these augmented reality points you can watch, but it's the future of business and of concerts. You can go to the Alpha City Metaverse Concert Hall in a 200,000 person arena and sit amongst the freaks and geeks and watch some of your favorites from Bob Marley. That's right. Bob Marley is back alpha metaverse style and a whole bunch of other good stuff. It's pretty cool stuff, Romy. I got to, you know, send you the links to check it out. And maybe one day we can have you perform control amongst the people in the cyber world of alpha meta. Who knows? (laughs) That's fun. Actually, that's fun. That sounds fun. Mm -hmm. Well, we got to make an avatar. Has there been an avatar interview yet? Did I what? An avatar. Did Where I they create, that? yeah, like a 3D avatar of Romy Chase. I haven't had that done. I try to get into NFTs for a little bit, you know, but. um. Good thing you didn't. It turned out they were all scammed. Right. I generally, I, I'm like huge on research and like a large part of my success is because I'm absolutely anal about research and, and learning you know um and yeah. it, i didn't feel i didn't feel confident enough to to start it and then i just dropped that idea so because yeah. you have a good sense of business that's called a gut feeling a lot of these yeah. nfts it turns out were just scams now they seem to have legitimized the whole thing a little bit more at least but back then i guess they couldn't track it from what i understand they couldn't like a lot of celebrities are getting sued uh Screwed. for yeah like for endorsing certain, you know, companies and stuff. You know, it's like you said, you do your research. A lot of people just endorse, like myself, I've endorsed vegan products and meat products in the exact same sentence. <laughs> I'll do whatever I'm paid to say. But that's the problem is that idiots like myself that get paid to say whatever actually find themselves in trouble. Now, I saw what Bieber's in trouble. Um, and then you look at this whole Forex situation. So many different celebrities, huge trouble. Yeah, I, I'm like I'm a big fan of just thinking about the bigger picture. So, it, you know, I don't I hardly ever do really anything like on a whim. Um, part of that is because I am actually I don't know if I well I'm gonna just go ahead and share it. I am a high functioning borderline personality. Um, I've been diagnosed with borderline personality maybe seven years ago. Eight years nice. ago. So that's like a badge of honor in this day and age. Good for you. Well, it's it's just definitely been a battle and you know, a lot of a lot of therapy, a lot of self-reflection, a lot of reading, you know, how to get mm. better. And so right now, like I try to stir um, away from just like doing things on a whim. 
because it's easy to get carried away with that kind of stuff. Mm. And I'm just, you know, I'm not trying to do that. I'm not trying to mess up my, <laughs> my future, you know? So I just, I generally just do a lot of research and a lot of reading, you know, before I start anything new, any new project, really. It's good for you. You're a better girl than me. I'm boss <laughs> to the wall. Super impulsive. Have an idea, go right to it. Don't stop. Yeah. But, It'd be but like that being said, <laughs> Romy, you've got a really good thing going. I YouTubed you. First thing that pops up, hang on, I want to make sure I get the lingo right here. <laughs> Companion doll. Ah, yes. Love that. So how do you get into that? Who is it that approaches you to make your own companion doll? Oh my God. What are the, I should ask this. What are the qualifications to having a companion doll made? I think, I mean, you have to be a notable person. You know, you have to have a fan base, obviously, because you need to be able to market it and it needs to be able to sell. Somehow. So it could be, does, does it mean you have to be a porn star? Can you be literally anybody? Uh, I, you don't have to be a porn star. I mean, they, I'm pretty sure they have like some kind of celebrity doll somewhere, you know, you don't have to be a porn star, but like how I got into it, it's like this company only dolls, they reached out to me and, um, you know, with the proposal, they really like, they really liked my presence online and how I do business and, you know, what I've achieved in a short period of time. So they reached out to me and they, you know, asked if I was interested and you know, we renegotiated the terms and here we are, you know, we created this doll. It's funny because it's not funny, but, uh, it's actually interesting because we use the, the same technology for the face, uh, the facial yeah. scan, the 3D facial scan is the same technology that they use to scan um, athletes into like FIFA or Madden. Amazing, so like it's, the Alpha Metaverse. It's to say it all comes full circle. It's so cool. Like I literally went over there, that was back in Miami, um, went for the laser scan and they sat me down and put like hundreds of like uh, black circle stickers all over my face and neck. And then just like scanned my entire face into the computer, minus wow. the hair and stuff. So I literally saw myself bald, and that was very traumatic. <laughs> <laughs> Remind me not to ever shave my head. <laughs> you know, if I ever have a mental breakdown, don't ever shave my head because that was mm -mm, no, sir. That's it. Well, you've already got the therapy part figured out, so you don't got to worry. <laughs> and, and then in, in terms of, of getting something like that, that's a. That's a serious process for them to bring you down to Miami, scan you like that. And it's, you mentioned hundreds of them, like everywhere. Like this is a full on replica. Every single part of this doll is exactly like you. So the doll's measurements are accurate, but they are scaled down a little bit for easier, easier handling. Oh, um, that's not right though. But I bet your fans are hating that. Well, first of all, none of my fans, nobody. I don't care who you are. Nobody can lift a 200 pound dead body. <laughs> yeah. Yo, I didn't even think about that. That shows how sick I am. You know, the fact that it's, it's not moving. It's right. right. So it's, you know, if you, you can probably maybe somebody that's strong, maybe they can lift me, but I'm like, no, you don't, that's not, you don't want that to be a fan anyway. That's like an ogre. Someone <laughs> lifting up and having sex with a 200 pound limp. Right. So it's, you know, it had to be scaled down for easier handling. So you yeah. can actually put her in the position that you want and, and all of that stuff. Um, but it is very accurate. It has, she has the tattoos that I have as well. Nice. Um, the same kind of makeup, um, the hair, you know, everything is, is accurate. It's just a little bit scaled down, but it's, uh, what's the word? Anatom anatomic, 
Clee and anatomically anatomically atomic anatomically accurate. Oh yeah, it's yeah. explosive. And and I shouldn't have said that the fans hate it because if you look at the YouTube channel, the fans are obsessed. I look they at YouTube it. comments; they're digging it. I recently had a fan who purchased the doll, and then he reached out to purchase some outfits from me, so that he can put my own clothes on the doll. Um, wow. or some lingerie, some socks, you know, things like that. And it's really fun. I love that because I really, you know, this, this is as close as it gets. It doesn't get more, it doesn't get closer than that. You know, No, that's well, I mean, I would protect your hair. If you're near this guy, you talk about trying to keep your hair. This is the kind of fan you want to keep at least six feet away. A COVID fan. Yeah. Wow. So on that note, before we, I, I do want to have one more quick segment with you. We got our next guest, BKG Gutter, Brooklyn Gutter on the way. Um, and I have to ask you some more questions. But on that note, the creepiest person, place, or thing. Now, let's just go right for the person. Creepiest person that you've met along the way, whether it's a, a fan or an OnlyFans, someone um, in the confines of the adult entertainment world, whether it's a fan or a person, who is it that takes the cake? Um... Can't I was be that last guy because he's a big spender. I get it. <laughs> I would say the creepiest fan, um, a couple actually. One of them was not a fan, was actually a stalker that ended up trying to um, actually kill me. Jesus. And I had to fire a, file a police report. Um, what do you mean, tried to kill you? Like, I mean, if you're allowed to legally get into details, we don't have to get any psychos ideas. <laughs> So what happened was uh, he actually sent me a, a photo of his penis on Twitter. Oh, and, that's standard. Right. That's well, Twitter. You know, I, yeah. Well, you know, I generally ignore it or block, but I just wasn't in a good mood. And I responded with a puke face. And that started <laughs> a six-month stalking journey uh, where he would sign up for every single platform, pay to insult me, message me in every email, every social media, describe in, in gruesome detail how he will murder me. Uh, he'll burn, him, burn me alive. And I was scared because he was actually in Miami and I was living in Miami at that time. So I was scared that he would actually figure out where I live. And what happened was he would post videos of himself charging at a palm tree pretending that palm tree is me and he would like beat up the palm tree and get like rip, rip the bark, the bark, whatever the bark off the palm tree and just like punch it and like pretend it was me um, just to like intimidate me and scare me. And I eventually did call the police, but unfortunately I wasn't able to press charges because um, our system tells us that we have to reveal the person that you're suing has a right to know who's suing them. So the person would absolutely get to know my real name and my address. Oh <laughs> so my God. Unfortunately, that's counterproductive. That is horrifying. That is horrible. So I had to drop the charges because I wasn't trying to have my name and my address out there like that. You know, you need to find a great lover of trees. Somebody <laughs> that if they saw that video of him destroying that palm tree would have your back in a but second. That guy was absolutely scary, and it was a very traumatic uh, experience. But um, the second person, I have an actual, actually, uh, I, I used to have a fan who would buy farts in a jar, <laughs> actually. <laughs> parts in a jar. I I'm not familiar. What does that mean, parts in a jar? 
Oh, farts in a jar. Oh, that's standard. That's Twitter. Is it really? Because it's really not that common. Like everybody talks about it like it's a like, like it's a thing, but it's really not that common. No, to- that one girl cashed in though. We all saw that girl go viral. Right. No, yeah. There are people who, you know, make a living off of that. But again, yeah. this is still not a common thing for you to just drop five hundred, seven hundred dollars on a jar with a fart in it. You know? <laughs> and you know how does that work? You have to like literally document it like an NFT for proof? No, like you just fart. I mean, if you want extra stuff, like you have to purchase it separately. Like if you uh, want a video of me doing it, like that's very expensive now. Oh, it has to be. Yeah, that's that's at least $5,000. Right. So, you know, it, yeah. But um, he definitely had all, all kinds of different fetishes. There was also a guy who had a fetish for sprained ankles and and um, and wrist. That's the creepiest guy yet. We ask you who the creepiest fan is. That's him. Because <laughs> why would that be? Why, so they can't run from him? Uh, he just had a, a first aid kit fetish. He liked the wow. bandage and like band-aids and all that stuff. And he liked the smell of the rubbing alcohol. And he always wanted to me to describe the texture of, you know, the, the band-aid. How does it feel on my, on my wrist? Like, pretend like it's broken. Like, oh my God, it hurts so bad. Like, cry. Wow. <laughs> So there's there's that you know there there's been so many but these are these three I just I just remember them for whatever that's reason. something else like the, the whole rubbing alcohol I would happen to that poor man <laughs> to induce a fetish like that my God we're gonna leave you the listeners to think about it find us on Instagram at the Rancho Romy what's your Instagram page it's Romy Chase Forever. Romy Chase forever, and our listeners—they're going to put the letter for uh, the letter, the number for. Is it spelt out forever? It's spelt out forever, not the number. It is. We can thank Mr. Cheeks' album Lost Boys forever for that. This is the Rancho FM. We'll be back soon. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we are moving right along. You heard the song Control Tonight by Romy Chase, the multi-talented performer. And uh, Romy, they can find you all over the place. But most importantly, your OnlyFans. Every man, woman, and child should subscribe. Well, if they're under 18 or over 18. Whoops. Let's hear. What's a <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's a, that's a gaffe that you don't want to have on FM radio. Jesus Christ. Romy, <laughs> they get up on the wrong flight log. All right. Let's, uh, let's hear it, Romy. Where can they find you? Um, find me on, um, my OnlyFans is simply Romy Chase, OnlyFans.com, Romy Chase. Um, my Instagram, Romy Chase forever. My Twitter, Romy underscore Chase. But the easiest thing to do, honestly, is just to go to IWantRomyChase.com. All my verified verified links are on there. My, you know, my 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 life size doll, my music, my YouTube, my socials, my OnlyFans as well. So I want RomyChase.com. Check it out. Subscribe. Yeah. Check out my music. Add me to your playlist. There will be a live performance. Mr. Sheets, Romy Chase. We're just imagining it now. 
We're visualizing something crazy in New York, something crazy in Las Vegas. But in the meantime, follow her. I want RomyChase.com for all things. This is The Ryan Show. We'll be back very, very soon with uh, new music. We've got Mr. BKG Brooklyn coming in next. We'll be back soon, folks. Don't go anywhere. Shock out yourself, shock out yourself Follow me! Shock out yourself, shock out yourself You are no granny Shock out yourself You know who a lady So come! Shock out yourself I've got the chill bread and body Shock out yourself If I'm body you know what it Shock out yourself As it joins them in the east So when say north and the south No matter what you do Every girl What fish shock out Put a link on gold teeth In a demo This everlasting split The man talk about What we give it name Bind and tear out Coming on the dance Them as young can spread out So come! Shock out yourself, shock out yourself Follow me! Shock out yourself, shock out yourself Because me take a trip to New York All of the girls them look nice and sharp We take a trip, come to Canada The women look up here, champion bubbler And how when we go to London, come All of the massive them are champion And then we circle back to Jamaica Me have to hang out for one up my bubble has a come Shock out yourself, shock out yourself Follow me! Shock out yourself, shock out yourself You see, tight sit and lick so come Shock out yourself French cut, it and lick so come Shock out yourself And the woman not feel weird Shock out yourself French cut with zip Shock out yourself So come! Shock out yourself, shock out yourself Follow me! Shock out yourself, shock out yourself They call them and them in the dance Yes, them have the shock out me silk shirt And we a shot out Me ballet And we a shot out Jump in me tangle And a shot out Just some nice and And a shot out In a me Benz And a shot out so, In a me rental And a shot out Cause we shocking at the east, west, the north and south Anyway the flow a gang go And with them top out Anyway Shabarangs go And with them top out So come Shock out yourself, shock out yourself Follow me! Shock out yourself, shock out yourself The woman and the man come shock out, shock out Follow me! Woman from east and man from south and we're back, folks, moving right along through the evening. This is the Ryan Show FM with your host, Ryan Vernell. Mr. Cheeks is en route. Hampton's Dave? Probably not. But I guess that's just how things kind of rolled out around here. And I'm chilling with my new friend. I met him on the phone, but never on StreamYard. DKG Gutter is here for the yeah, first time. Yeah, what's ever. up? What's up? How you doing? BKG Gutter, East New York, Brooklyn. You know what it is. How you doing, Ryan? Fantastic. You're in East New York. I'm on East Long Island. Very stark difference between the two. What's East New York like these days? East New York these days, um, very, very gritty. A little gritty. Uh, it's cool though. You got your cool, cool areas. But... I saw you crack a smile when you said a little gritty. <laughs> you like it that way. I, I don't blame you. It needs to be a little bit more gritty out here on the east end of Long Island. It's a little too privileged out here. Yeah, yeah, it's a bit gritty, and um, things are going on. Unfortunately, it never stops. So, <clears throat> you know, you know they say that hard times make hard people. Diamonds yeah. are created under pressure. 
Yeah. So there are some perks. The great art that comes from East New York is evident. And it's evident in your music. Yes, yes, yes. Absolutely. I, um, you know, no, no Hook is just a single eye. Make a lot of stories and uh, music about pain and the things that um I seen growing up. You know, not you know just killing my brother, backing out guns, and you know the the hardcore rap street. Shit. Like you know, I try to come with a message in my music as well. Um, you know, for people just going through things in life. Uh, you know, no parents. You know, poor jobs. A lot of deaths, unfortunate deaths due to drugs and alcohol and just bad decisions. Is it overall. hard with, with such real topics to find your way to a mainstream audience when you're talking about the real? Or do you think that that brings more people to you when you're talking about how it really is? I think that I attract more fans or support from people when I tell the truth of what's really going on out here and you know, how it's been and, you know, everybody isn't rich or having a good life and, you know, with good health and, you know, things like that. So I just keep it real. And I feel like people, you know, gravitate to that more. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, look, even someone like myself living on Eastern Long Island, I'd rather listen to music from Eastern New York that I know is honest, even if I necessarily yeah. can't, can't necessarily relate to the lifestyle because yeah there's something uh there's something like people gravitate towards the authenticity yeah stories people there's just something about storytelling and uh and humanity humans have for years we just gravitate towards a good story how much of a role does storytelling play in your music um i think that uh, percentage wise in my music like right now i have like unreleased music uh probably like all together, I want to say like 40 or 50 songs and at least like 25 of them or at least like 28 of them is like things that I've seen with my own eyes that I rap about. So, you know, basically I that's storytelling, you know, things yeah. like that or whatever. So, yeah, things that I like to rap about the things I've seen or been through or I've seen some of my friends go through or, you know, whether it's not, you know, the hood story thing, like, you know, like I met, I'm, I know you through a guy named Eric, you know what I'm saying? Through, through business and, you know, other things in life or whatever. So it's not only about, you know, that. That's just what comes to my heart when I do music. Yeah. And, and you, you know, you mentioned meeting through Eric, another great entrepreneur. Shouts to our boy Eric. Yeah, shout How, out, shout out. One thing I find is that the Ryan show, it's cool to have radio show. It's great to find, you know, uh, advertising money and radio, but the real perk is to have a vessel where you can meet people. How much do you find yourself using your brand of BKG gutter to make money outside of just music? Well, yeah, that's a good question. Um, well, far as my brand that I'm building, I meet a lot of important people, um, you know, across my path and, um, you know, I'm learning to use it as well more, you know, due to situations in life that I took for granted. So I'm learning how to utilize that more um, of being around a lot of, you know, important people, celebrities and, you know, entrepreneurs and things like that, you know, to my advantage now. 
Yeah, that's that's one of the perks. It's almost like it's almost like tough. And I noticed that even some of the most successful entertainers, they do the exact same thing. Just look at what Kanye did. He made so much more money through Adidas and through all these other ventures than even the music. Just from right. just proving like your network is your network. Yeah, I feel like I feel like networking is key key components. Um, you know, not just just music because you know that's just music is just ten percent of of the business. Like you could be dead whack and don't know how to rap, but if you know the business very well, and you got the good connections, then you know you're out of here. Fortunately, it's like that. You know what I'm saying? Back then, in the days. It used to be on talent and less, you know what I'm saying? But networking is key. I, I meet a lot of people um, in the nightlife or whatever. Basically, you know, a lot of meetings go on, you know, basically in the club, you know, people having a drink. You, you close some deal. You close a lot of deals at night. You know, people don't realize that, you know, a lot yeah. of the, the, the a lot of these people are, you know, at a hard day at work. You get their attention more. And when they're in a better mood, having a drink at ease and then just hitting them at 11 o'clock in the afternoon and the whole world is trying to get at them and you're trying to get at them, too. And it's like, oh, yeah, I call you back. Other than at nighttime, you see me. Hey, what's up, man? Yeah, I'm chilling. Yo, call me up, man. You know what? Take a shot. You know what I'm saying? So, oh, yeah. Yeah. It's like, and, you know, uh, you can either join the corporate world and do that on a golf course or be the entertainment business and do it at a club. Right. Actually, right. Right, right. And on that note, we are gonna play no hooks. We talk okay. about talk about the industry. We talk about how uh you know it's all about who you know really. Your network is your net worth and bars, they just don't matter like they used to, but you're gonna prove that wrong, goddammit. Good looking, good looking. Eric hit me up and was that. like, Yo, I've got an artist, and I was like, Oh, you know, you never know. When a white guy's telling you they got an artist, it can go two ways. Go horrible. <laughs> right. Or it could actually go well. Well, this also went the latter, but listeners, we're going to leave it up to you to decide. Go to where can they find you on Instagram? We want you this can, fire. You can, find me at, you can find me at BKG2724 um, on Instagram. And, um, you know, you can go from there. I have a whole link in my bio where you can find my single. And I'm working on new music right now as well, you know. All right. And we're going to get into that when we come back. This is no nah. hook. BKG gutter. No He's here. He'll be beer when we return. This is the Rancho okay. FM. Don't go anywhere, folks. Yeah. yeah. Brooklyn gutter. BKG. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Big, big, big watch with the big chains. Fifth cocked and the clips bang. Dead block. See, I flip cane. You ain't notice this Brooklyn. Stay in your lane. What? Might get this itself. I'm in that Rolls Royce truck whipping on the belt. My shooter squad gripping on their belts. I'm so hot on this ice on. It's about to melt. And we don't care if you tell. All my niggas felons been in the cell. So before you start to yell, here's a first class trip to Lucifer. See you in hell. Still burge, I still burst. My big homie special Spielberg. The still burn, I still earn. Take checks, y'all ate less. Y'all straight sex. The spaceships is spacious. This greatness. I ain't got no hook. But I'ma still get booked. Don't get your favorite artist cooked. Scared to death. Scared to look. He shook. Thoughts, I just won guap. A drop, I just want the top. I'm, I'm fresh home out the box. Big stones in the watch. Came home with my ox. I'm, I'm, I'm
I'm no joke, so don't laugh with me. Talking coke, I got a bag with me. These niggas broke, I bought a cash with me. I got the dough, cash with me, you after me. It's special entertainment. If I ain't in the booth, I'm in the raiment. Complaining, well, stop making it rain and start saving. Stack bread, the black bins on black rims, black hoodie, black mask, black Tims, black, black bottles, black cars, black rings, black caskets. I ain't got no hook, but I'ma still get booked. Don't get your favorite artist cooked. Scared to death, scared to look. We shook. I ain't got no hook. But I'ma still get booked. Don't get your favorite artist cooked. Scared to death, scared to look. We shook. Brooklyn. That music that you just heard was Indeed No Hook by BKG Gutter, East New York's own. And you can find him. He's on Instagram. He's all over the place. All these streaming platforms had his music. But one more time, Mr. Gutter, where can they find you on IG? You can find me on Instagram at BKG2724. That's on Instagram. Um, You can find my, right now, No Hook is streaming on BET Jams. Uh, we just ran a campaign with radio, so there's a lot going on with, with that song. Nice. Getting some yeah. TV action with it over on BET. BTV action, DJ Clue, DJ Self, you know, so we got a lot of the top DJs in New York, um, you know, co-signing the record and things like that. I saw it over on Hot 9-7. Yeah. I, I looked on the Instagram, saw you were taking a video of it what was it like to hear your music played on hot 97 oh uh, it's um oh you can find it on apple and spotify as well all streaming platforms um no work is on spotify apple um amazon everything is that like a dream to be a new york artist and have your music played on power 105 in these big stations what's it like hearing your songs played on there now Nah, it's, it's definitely a dream. It's definitely a dream. Like just hearing myself is definitely motivation. Um, because right now as well, um, right now I'm an independent artist, so um, I'm learning the business as well as you know, uh, as as well as music, and that's more better than anything. You know, just getting network with these top these top DJs, and but to hear myself on the radio, like. It, it is like a blessing, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not making millions from music yet, but it's just a, you know, just you keep trying and keep hustling and you keep doing, you know, sticking to the goal. It's, it's going to happen, so. Yeah, when, especially when you're right on that fringe. When you get in the airplay, it's all starting to come together. You're around the right people. So we put our hats off to you, Mr. BKG Gutter. We are going to continue right. the journey. We're going to continue to play the music. And continue yeah. to have you back on the show. This is just a little glimpse into things. After all, this is the Ryan Show FM. We do it for real in person with a real deal podcast. But until then, Mr. Gutter, it's been real. We're going to find you on Instagram. And any last words, yeah. where can they find you perform in person? Anywhere coming up anytime soon? Um, Yeah, I have a lot of um, upcoming performances coming with um, No Hook. But again, I, you can find me on IG at BKG2724, which is the building number I grew up in, 2724. So uh-huh. that's why, you know, I got that at the end of the year. But um, Amazon, Spotify, YouTube, BT, 
you know, everywhere. All right. So you heard the man. Find him. Follow him. We're going to play a little bit more music and return soon. Don't go anywhere, folks. We'll be back. They feed us on the radio, live and stereo, so once again, here we go. To all my real cats who love to hear the real rap, and still understand the reason that you feel that. Yo, I'm a book like Donald Warren, chips add up like coins, listen, everyone joins in this session, knowing I'm about to teach a lesson. They love when the mic finesses starts finessing, listen, rap's off the hookish, L's burn, taking like a man, get this out of turn. Shout out to all my beats, getting green like they supposed to. You're from the fam, understand, can we close to Love the way it's going down, baby. No doubt, we cast some step Till the day I'm up and gone, I'm gonna get it on And let me warn all you folks, you getting shit done From day one, we had the hot mix Yo, I told you got the chills, yet I got this In the smash, time to take a spec Earn some extra cash, even come through and get some extra act Plug me in Alright, and I told you before, we didn't plug in goes Mr. BKG Gutter, in comes my dear friend Mr. George Radman Radney, the star of the Real Deal Sports Show. You hear him up in Rosh Hashanah every week, not just on Fox Sports 1280, but his own show on The Beat. Is that right? It's it's The Beat up in Rochester? Yes, yes. It's uh, WLGZ HD2, The Beat 105.5 FM, 
Check me out live every Saturday morning, 8 to 9 a.m. Or if not, YouTube, uh, Facebook, uh, Facebook page, Real Deal Sports Show, uh, Twitter, Real Deal Sports Show, and also YouTube, Real Deal Sports Show. Subscribe, like us, the whole nine yards. Hey, we're gaining more and more people because we're telling it like it is. We don't tell the company line up, up here with Real Deal Sports Show, uh, Ryan. I love it, man. I love it. You don't have to worry about big corporate agenda bugging you guys with your show over at the beat. I mean, it's not like you really let it bother you over on what's going on with Fox Sports 12. You never hold any punches. Let's be honest. That's right. No need to. No need and to. It, and that, how does it, how, let's start by asking this. In a, in a day and age where it seems that people are uh, walking on eggshells, um, there's so many fluff pieces out there, so much pay to play. It's hard to see what's real and what's not. As a real deal journalist, what are your thoughts on the state of modern media and its authenticity? Well, I think I think media is, uh, you've seen more and more independence, more podcasts. You're seeing uh, people being a lot, like, for example, Ryan Clark, who's on ESPN, but he also has a very popular podcast. And on his podcast, he's very, uh, uh, very right to the point, letting you know, no no holding back. He lets you know his real opinion and his guests that come on that show, uh, they, they let you know their real opinion. And that's why that show is so popular. And I think you're seeing more and more shows uh, where people are talking their mind and not t- holding the company line. We're not worried about We're not getting advertising from the Buffalo Bills anyway. So, hey, let's let's Hey, we got to tell it like it is. So why are we up here trying to sugarcoat things? I love it. You make, you make a good point. There are some guys, especially some of these former athletes that heard all the criticism from the media and some of the guys that they didn't respect. You heard these guys call out the Stephen A. Smiths and other big time journalists. Look at some of the guys like JJ Reddick that are mm-hmm. coming in there and getting a huge following now, just like you said, telling it how it is. Yes. Not towing the company line. And that's what people want to hear. We don't want to hear that nonsense. After the pandemic, people have been shut up in the house for so long. Now they back out and they're seeing things from a different perspective. And it's not the Eastman Kodaks and the Boston Lums or the Xeroxes that are dominating. It's the smaller businesses that are really making things. Businesses like paychecks and things of that nature are grown from small businesses into bigger uh, entities now. So it's not the, the it's not the big corporations and conglomerates that are running ruling the roost like they used to back in the day. So you've been covering the bills, going to games live, putting in the groundwork. You're a real deal sports journalist, a writer for the Challenger News. You're an actual expert. So someone like yourself that is saying it how it is. How did it affect you over the past you know, 20 years? Now it's a little easier to have an independent news source and to have these outspoken opinions. How did it affect you when you weren't able to have these independent sources to say your opinions? Did it hold you well, back? Having well, to be so honest? Yeah, yeah, it did. Because a lot of times you didn't get the gigs. You didn't get the uh, opportunities where you get to get pay, for example. The, uh, a lot of times someone will call in to the bills, for example, and say, hey, we need a writer. Uh, they would this the bills would refer somebody, and if you're not you know towing the company line or or telling it in a in a favorable fashion, they'll give it to another young guy or something. So I never really got any deals from the bills. I remember when I first started at 105 The Beat. Before that, in 2016, it was the uh, CBS Sports Radio, and so I already was covering the bills through a print through Challenger Community News, and this young sports director, young nice white guy. Uh, uh, Jim, he, he did a nice job. He came in, he covered, and I noticed on his second game covering the Bills, the Bills approached him about 
hey, man, I'm not covering this guy here in, in, in Toledo, Ohio, for example. He wants uh, interviews on the bills for his for their sports station down there. And he called them. You know, they pay him 75 125 bucks a game. But they, but they never offered that to me. They never offered that to a, uh, the mighty over Pat Freeman. But they offer it to the people who they like, who looks like them and acts like them and toes the company line per se and doesn't say a lot of bad stuff about the uh, Bills operation and for them and them not uh, spending money in the black community in Buffalo. Like Ralph Wilson did used to spend money in advertising with some with, with challenging community news uh, for, for many years. And ever since uh, it was been sold to the Pagulas, we haven't gotten one dime, one penny in advertising dollars from the Pagulas back into the black community of Western New York and into uh, and, and Rochester, New York as well. So, you know, if the pandemic hit, then you had the tragedy at Top Supermarket, and now they're slowly trying to change and trying to do some type. Hell, the players never even came into the community. The only one, Marcel Darius is one of the few guys from way back. It was very few black football players on the Buffalo Bills team that even came into the black community or even took part in the community. So it was a few, a handful, but not, you know, not nearly enough that you would say uh, you can shake and stick at. Uh, that, why why is that? Why do you think that there's a disconnection between the professional athletes when it's such a small city? You'd think there'd be a, a way more intimate connection between the fans and the players. Well, they keep the players out in Orchard Park. They keep them out there. The players don't come into the city that much at all. Uh, maybe for engagements and things of that nature, but they don't come into the city and don't really come into the uh, black community. Because keep in mind, you're 30 minutes to 45 minutes away from the city of Rochester and then into the communities of, uh, of Buffalo. So they kept them sheltered. They're out there in the market and they not, they don't come into the city. So, uh, and then a lot of the, uh, uh, promotions and coat giveaways and things of that nature would be done out in the, uh, suburban areas. And they, uh, they wouldn't, they wouldn't even, uh, do their, do their own charity work in the community. They still do it out in the suburban areas. Uh, which was wow. sad. I had no idea that they were that disconnected because I even remember living in Fredonia and thinking that there were such a lack of public events. Because I remember growing up a Yankees fan and former players would get together and throw events. I guess it's a little easier to stay in New York City and live around that area. Um, but yeah, I, I did always notice that uh, disconnect. And to those out there listening that don't care about the Bills, well, too damn bad. This is their time, goddammit. If there's a time yeah. to talk about Buffalo sports and the Bills on national radio, it's right now. But I must say, back in the day when Buffalo had a basketball team, the Buffalo Braves, Ernie D'Agoria, uh, Bob McAdoo, Garfield Hurd, a lot of those guys in the 70s, they always were right in the community with activity. And the Buffalo Sabres hockey team, which started, where I saw that team start in 1970, and they came into my community, into our community, into the black community, and supplied us with hockey sticks, uh, skates, the whole nine yards. We would go up to Martin Luther King Humboldt Park, which is now renamed Martin Luther King Park, had a beautiful ice rink up there, and, we, and that's why I learned to skate. And that's why I really learned to play hockey. I mean, I watched hockey on TV. I said, oh, hockey's coming now. What is that? Watched it. Okay. Yeah, I liked it. And then I started playing it, and then I played a lot of hockey uh, uh, in my earlier years. So it, it just if you put it into a community, the community will come out, and the community will take part, and you'll see some of that community enjoying that sport and, 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 and participate. And then, as you know, Buying tickets. My dad used to buy tickets to the Sabres. He used to go to Sabres hockey games uh, downtown Buffalo in the old odd, the 10,000-seat arena back in the day. We would go to the hockey games. So it was always <laughs> an opportunity to go. And, and that just shows when you put something into it, the flower blossoms out and it grows and it expands into the community. 
So it, it can now, be done. The, the Sabres play in the heart of Buffalo, right? They're, they're playing in the right. actual city. So yes. is there, are they more in tune with the city? Were they visiting? Because it just blows my yeah. mind that only one player did anything in person to visit that horrible massacre that happened in Buffalo. That was one of the worst shootings ever. Well, the whole team came. No, for, now, for that massacre now at Top Supermarket, the entire team came. Okay, uh, okay, that. okay. That, I'm glad you're clearing that up because when he said yeah, that, I was like, yeah, oh, my God. I was just... No, I'm talking about years ago. I'm talking about players, yeah. Marcel Darius, and guys years before, well, years well before before the massacre and the pandemic. Uh, no, no, it was very few bills that came into the kid, just a handful of them. But now I mean, they, they were roasting the, the city of Buffalo. We had guys yeah. like uh, like um, like Marshawn Lynch just trashing the city. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and rightly so. You know, he, he said, hey, you'd rather go up to Toronto and hang out. And that's what they did. They go up to Toronto. It's a big-time city, big-time market. And Buffalo is just a small-time market, and it's not a it's not a big-time city per se. It, it wants to be, but it's it's, it's really a, a big-time city with a bunch of small-minded people. That's, that's what Buffalo is. Uh, they say Buffalo, it's a southern York. city trapped in the north. We're going to go to a quick break, George. There's... <laughs> There's a lot to talk about. I want to talk about the new arena. I want to talk about the Bills. You're the expert on all oh, things. Let's, let's get into it. It's go time. We'll be back soon, folks. Negro! You up, I take a hit from a split, then I get biz with the new cut. Because I can jam like Teddy if you let me. A good fellow, but still rugged like Joe Pesci. My style is mad fucker to the delic with the irrelevant ish. Then I kick back, flip, send me full If the duck, then I dip, then I switch. Doing the crutch, the end with the nigga nine on the hip. I always got played by a honey dip, but now I'm on the money tip. So now I call the honey dip, honey. And I swing hardcore because that's where I come from. I rock it like chop and burn scrubs like a dumb dumb. Remember Red Man last album, I was Hardcore, now I'm back to tear the frame out your ass Cause I get wrecked with the tech, with the blend of my wet And what you see is what you get, and what you get in this shit Hit you with the funk, the five figure Like eight plus funk, funk type stuff in your back trunk pump. Yes, the red man, is what they call me Wicked with the style, you think I have cerebral palsy Like, ah, cause I freak the styles crazy Lullaby is stupid and fuck up my baby The fucking devil hit your ass With the level from the new school And still holding my jewels have returned we have an absolute expert on sports specifically the nfl and the buffalo bills and he does not tread lightly when it comes to my man josh allen george radney right. has made his return tonight here on the ryan show fm and hey, george before right, we get right. into your favorite oh, one quick thing man uh seven hours ago at 12 45 this afternoon i happened to check my inbox and my inbox was my official uh uh super bowl lv2 uh, approved credential for Super Bowl 57. Ooh. LV, it came in today. So I'm, I'm accredited and approved for my 15th straight uh, Super Bowl coming up uh, the week of February 6th uh, in the game on February 13th. 
15 years strong. Coverage by Mr. George Rabbit. They, they should be goddamn on their hands and knees begging for you to come down there. I expect nothing less. And That's that right. being said, uh, you know, before we get into your favorite quarterback of all time, Josh Allen, I want to ask right. you more about this new stadium that's on the rise being lifted from the ashes in Buffalo, New York. First, we had an expert on, on what's going on. I want to say about a year ago. And he said that there was a slim to none chance that there would ever be a new stadium in Buffalo and that it was for sure going to move. The franchise itself would be moved down to Texas. Mm -hmm. And this was a very credible source, but now all these articles are coming out saying that it is for sure being rebuilt in Buffalo. Can you just clear things up for us that really don't know what the hell is going on at this point? What they're talking about a stadium right now looks to be, I believe it when I see the shovels go into the dirt and dig into the dirt and they cut their little ribbon, do the little ceremony, breaking ground for a new stadium. It's, it's supposed to be an Orchard Park across the street from the current stadium. But why in the hell, Ryan, would you open, pull another stadium out in the middle of nowhere, out in the snow belt? Where where it was snowing and raining and windy, uh, you saw the conditions were Sunday for the Bills Jets game. Ten straight punts uh, by each team in the first half, zero uh, zero almost at halftime due to the high winds and the weather conditions. Uh, why would you want to put another? Why wouldn't you put a dome stadium downtown right now? The Pagulas are in charge of it, which is the problem. Most cities that have new stadiums right now, it was the city and the county make, came together and made the decision of where they told the NFL team where the stadium was going to go. They didn't allow the owner of the team to tell you in your market where a stadium going to be. And they don't even live in it. The Pagulas live in Boca Raton, Florida. What they know about Western New York? They don't even know that the stadium is in the middle of a snow belt. I mean, come on. It's going, it's, they're talking about five to six inches this coming weekend for the Bills versus the Miami Dolphins game. Saturday, and why would you have a game at night? In Western New York at night in Orchard Park, New York. 8.15 Saturday night. That game should have been played at noon on Saturday. We won't get home until 3 in the morning. I mean, the traffic is so bad. The traffic, we, it took us two and a half hours to get home from the game yesterday. Uh, from the game uh, on Sunday, the Bills-Jets game, because of the snow, the rain. Car accidents, people drunk, this ran. Some guy just ran right into a tree. It looked like he just took his car right off the road, just breaking. Like, man, of course. You don't see no bricks, you don't see no skid marks or nothing. Like, man, look like the guy just took his car and ran it right into the tree, man. I of course mean, he that, did. Bill's Mafia. Guy. I'm sure yeah. he was screaming Bill's Mafia as he did it. He probably, as he could. probably thought he was jumping off a table, man, when he was driving <laughs> and lost control of the car or something, man. Because that it, I mean, it was it had a couple head on and then a head-on collision farther up the road. I don't even know how that head-on collision happened. It, it was a median in the it's a median in that road, and it they still had a head-off collision, so I don't know what. Man, it was just ridiculous out there. Uh, Honestly, uh, if I were you, I'd want to keep these psycho rednecks out of the city. I'd want to keep them right <laughs> in Orchard Park. Keep them but far if, away from the inner city. And if you have a stadium downtown, Dome Stadium, people can party, come down on the train, take park. You still can have your tailgating, but come downtown. You got restaurants. You got places where you can go inside. Out in Orchard Park, there's no restaurants, no no bars or nothing. This is one or two bars. There's no one. That's why people get out there. All, all you can do is drink, play uh, cornhole, uh, you know, play some cards in the summer and spring. In the wintertime, you can't do – you're just covered up and you're just drinking, you know, and, and standing by a fire 
and standing by the fire to keep warm, and then going into and then going into an open air outdoor stadium. You pay forty dollars for a, a ticket, and you out there in the freezing cold. You can't even sit down, and you sit. And they got benches out there still. Okay, you are you kidding me? Come on, and you don't want leather seats. You don't want dome stadiums. That's what I'm telling you. Buffalo is a big time city with a bunch of small minded people, man. That's all. It, that's all. It's below. We call it the B low because it's below reality. <laughs> I never heard that one. I like that. Uh, you know, we we mentioned um, you know building of of new stadiums. I thought it was really cool. You see how the Miami Dolphins when they built their stadium, they built it in such a way that the angle of the sun is only hitting the away team. Also, the away team for some reason, however they lined it up, is constantly throwing into the sun. I saw yeah. a great video. I didn't realize it. Why can't the Bills think outside the box? By putting it in Orchard Park, it really doesn't hurt. It hurts everybody. It's a nuclear bomb on the whole place. You need to at least make it make an advantage for the home team somehow. It's crazy. It is. <laughs> it it is. makes you wonder what's next. Now, um, we just saw this weekend a very close game. I know that Nate predicted the Jets would win, but that's just because he's a biased Jets fan. Right. Anybody that's watching football this year knows the Bills could and should win a game in their home stadium against the Jets, but it was very close. Uh, wow. After seeing a game like that, what are your thoughts? Uh, do you have more or less faith in Josh Allen? And uh, and lastly, what are your thoughts on Mike White? My, my, first of all, let me go with the Jets side of it first. My my impression of Joe Douglas is Joe Douglas is doing a hell of a job. He came over from the Ravens, always brought a tough, physical-minded Ravens football team. He worked on that staff. He comes over to the Jets, and he they hired the right coach, Robert Saleh, Doing an excellent job. He's a defensive-minded guy. Excuse me. What did they do? They go out and they got the defense. Say, hey, the Bills have wide receivers. They have a pretty good quarterback. They have a, what we got to do. We got we stopped the running game. We got a nose guard with Quentin Williams. We got uh, they went and brought in Sheldon Rankins from my new from the New Orleans Saints, who I really enjoy. Sheldon Rankins with the Saints. He's a very good football. If he wouldn't have ruptured his Achilles. Uh, a couple of years ago with the Saints in the playoffs, I think the Saints would have made that Super Bowl. That was the year Stephon Diggs caught that pass uh, from the from the wide receiver, uh, from the quarterback, from Case Keenum, and they ended up winning that contest. That was the main thing I saw in that uh, in that contest is that Sheldon Rankins, you got uh, Williams, you got uh, Sauce, you got the cornerbacks and shutdown corners. They have all what it takes the the winning franchise. Mike White. It's the only question mark. But there's so many young quarterbacks coming out in the draft, and they can make some trades and get uh, get another veteran quarterback in there until they can get a bridge quarterback in there. And, and they have they, they built the team the right way. They have a they have a good running backs. And, and Bryce Hall, Bryce Hall, or Bryce Hall, he rubbed he tore his uh, ACL. They missing him. Uh, Michael Carter's back in there. He's he's fumbling the ball again as usual, making turnovers. Uh, and he, he was quite uh, rude to the media. Uh, after the game, but he got a talking to from the PR director, and he came back and he he expressed himself. He he redeemed himself with the media after the game. But they, they, to make a long story short, Joe Douglas is doing a great job as the general as the uh, general manager. Uh, the head, he got the right head coach. They got the right personnel, and they brought in the personnel that can beat the Buffalo Bills. A shutdown corners, the shutdown Stephon Diggs. They got this uh, CJ Mosley in the middle still. They got a great nose guard. With Williams, and you you got Southern Rankings, you got some veteran guys mixed in. That Grady Wilson, man, that, he's an outstanding uh, 
right receiver, number 16. That kid is uh, uh, seven, uh, Garrett, Garrett Wilson. He is outstanding. That, uh, so you got you got a lot of pieces to the puzzle. Elijah Moore. None, I mean, you got a lot. Of, I was very impressed with the Jets. I think the Jets are the second best team in the division. They 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 really are. They play because they have a good defense. Miami's defense is very suspect. They still trying to run the uh, uh, Flores's defense because they kept Flores's guy as the defensive coordinator, and it's obvious he doesn't know the, the nuances of the of the of Flores's defense. He just he just trying to do his best, and his best isn't good enough because he doesn't know all of the all of the aspects of what uh, Flores was doing. Uh, Brian Flores was doing with that Miami defense. That's why it looks so bad. He just guessing and it's not working. You can run on them and you can pass on that defense of the Miami Dolphins. Right now, the Jets, are, to me, are the second best team in the division and Miami third and New England fourth. You covered a lot there and you answered my next question, which was uh, who do you think is going to win between the Jets and the Dolphins? Well, you just answered it. So I think we could all agree that at this point, Josh Allen's the best quarterback in the division. But in three years from now, given the quarterbacks and the state of who's playing starting quarterback on these four teams, who do you think will be the best in three years from now in the AFC uh, East if you had to pick? I think right now, oh, it, it most likely would be Josh Allen. The Jets are the question mark. Who they're going to come with their quarterback? Because I think their quarterback will be in there. Uh, I think their quarterback, if they make the right choice, their quarterback could be the second best in the division. The, uh, the Dolphins, they're going to have to get another quarterback. Tua is, is, is a timing quarterback. But he just can't take any punishment. When you when you hit him once or twice, and he, he's kind of like Mike White. He to me, him and Mike White are the same kind of way. They they put everything into throwing the ball, and when they get hit, they're like a they're like a crash dummy. Their their body just just gets get. Did you see? That? I mean, Mike, Mike White looked like a crash dummy out there. He, I mean, he just went flying. It, it just looked so bad. It looked worse than matter of fact, it looked worse than what it was. Because the one hit, I said, man, the guy. Put his shoulder into him and eat and, and, and put his arms back and didn't even fall on him. It looked like that man looked like he had a 10 story building laying on him the way he was laying up there, laying out there on the ground. And he did it twice. I was like, man, Mike. And then after the game, when we were there waiting for the locker rooms to open, they backed the ambulance right up to the back, right to the locker room there. And they brought Mike White out and took him, put him on the ambulance and took him to the hospital. But they didn't know, they didn't know how bad, of, you know, he might have fractured. My, you know, fractured ribs or what? He might, he, he got I, I wouldn't say got it, but he got some type of rib damage. Cause man, I mean, he was hit. The Milano hit was really man. That woo, man, I brutal. Mean, he, brutal. And the same thing with Tua. He takes, he takes the, his body seems to take the full brunt of the hits, and and he's not a durable guy. He's a small guy. He's a small guy. Uh, they they keep saying Justin Herbert. The Jet, uh Miami should have took Justin Herbert instead of taking Tua at number five. I think Justin Herbert is kind of suspect too. I think, yeah, I think Justin Herbert is is better than Tua, but I think in the long run he may not be that much better than Tua. Wow, that's a pretty hot take. He's not. What I see from him on the field, he's. I don't know. He just can't seem to have. He don't seem to have that like Tom Brady or or even that new guy from uh, Purdy with the Forty Niners. That hey, I can get this. I can will this team to win. He just seems. Oh, we win. Oh, we didn't win. All right, he just don't seem mad or not when they lose. He just all right, man. We'll get it there. He just he, just he does crazy. seem kind of aloof. He doesn't seem to yeah. care as much as as you think he would. So you think you're that high on Purdy after seeing him the other day? You think Purdy could be could be all that over with the 49ers? He could be. He could be because 
man, he, he, he moves around. He, he kind of reminds me of a Brady in that sense. He's not that fast. He's not trying to run with the ball, but he runs enough to avoid the rush and be and able to get rid of the ball. So he kind of reminds me of a young Tom Brady being able to move move enough that he can avoid the rush and still be able to get rid of the ball. He's not trying to run with the ball. He He's trying to hold it, move long enough. He, he's, not going, he's going side to side. He's not going down the field over the line of scrimmage. He's going side to side to buy him just enough time for one of those receivers to break open. I like it. Listeners, let us know what you think. Who is the future at quarterback when it comes to the 49ers over in San Francisco? Will it be Trey Lance? Will it be Jimmy G? Or will it be the all, or I should say the uh, newly emerging Purdy? Well, Where is he from? Uh, Iowa State. Iowa and, State, okay. And he played the good, and he, he, he tried out for Alabama. Alabama took a look at him, and they just, you know, Alabama just have a ton of talent. They're like, oh, man, go ahead. And he went on to Iowa State to play. So, obviously, for him to even get a, a sniff from Alabama tells you that he had some good potential in high school coming out of high school. So, this kid is just not – hey, he's a, anybody that makes the NFL, you, you're pretty damn good. So, he, he, he was a pretty good player, even though he's third string. And think about it. He was third string only because they drafted Trey Lance at number three in the draft. And when you draft guys that high, they got to be ahead of, of guys that just come in as undrafted free agents or the last player taken in the draft. You're not going to move that last guy in the draft ahead of your number three guy overall. You, you're going to give every chance you can to a Trey Lance. And Trey Lance right now, to me, he can't read the defense. He got to learn how to read a defense and be able to learn the read. That's the same thing Josh Allen. Josh Allen can't read the defense either. He, Wait, George. Yeah. I didn't realize that Brock Purdy was Mr. Irrelevant yeah. in 2002. He was the very last person drafted. Yeah, he missed the Irrelevant. Exactly. That's the first time I knew that they were irrelevant. I didn't know that he was literally Mr. Irrelevant. That's huge. And that's coming on the opposite side of the spectrum of Trayvon Walker, who was drafted first that year. Yeah. Wow. And Trey Lance was drafted third for the 49ers. Uh, 49ers the year before, and he's you know, you, you put stock in those draft picks. Uh, you don't you don't give guys like that. Like uh, Raheem Blackshear, excellent running back that's now with the Carolina Panthers. He was with the Bills in training camp. And you can see right from the start that he was way better at a running back than James Cook. But the Bills drafted James Cook in the second round or third round. He's a high draft pick. They, they, so, they, so they're going to stick with James Cook. And they ended up allowing the uh, Carolina Panthers the Panthers to take him off the practice squad, where I would have, it was the same week Micah Hyde was hurt. Micah Hyde, you knew he was going on injured reserve. I would have, I would have said no. Uh, we moving you on to the active roster to replace Micah Hyde, and I would have had him either on punt returns or kickoffs. And think about it, if they would have had Blackshear, they wouldn't have need uh, needed the trade for Naheem uh, Hines. You you could you could have used Blackshear. Blackshear had a big week this week for he scored that winning touchdown for them. Uh, yesterday against Seattle, he's on their punts and kickoff returns. He's a very versatile guy, and uh, he would have he would you would have given him some time. But now I'm hearing Zach Moss asked for the trade. He he wanted to get out of town because they wasn't using him. And Devin Singletary is going to be gone after this year. I mean, the man has a 5.6 per yard carry yesterday, and you only you don't give him the ball. Come Crazy. on, man! The man five averaging 5.6 yards. A carry yesterday, and he didn't get the ball. You give him a ball an hour later, in the third quarter, and when the man done got cold, you know you call. It's cold out there, man. You man, the man hot running the ball. You can't give him the ball, and instead, me, George, how, how are you not on this Bills coaching staff? 
After oh, years, it's crazy. Oh, I, hey, people on Twitter talking about me tonight because I lit uh, Dorsey up earlier this evening on the coaches' interviews, uh, our interview time with the coaches. I asked him, how in the world can you not give the man the ball? The first play you get, he carries the ball, he ran for 11 yards. And That's you the one guy I wouldn't talk smack to. We all see how he reacts. I wouldn't push him too far, George. Oh, yeah, he was playing with his glasses like he was ready to take his glasses <laughs> off or something, man, and, and become Superman or something. But I'm like, man, you need to give the ball to your running backs. I mean, how, and then why would you allow Josh Allen to – well, we we trying to keep Josh out of danger, which kind of tells me is he's calling running plays, and Josh Allen is the one keeping the ball and not giving the ball. He's doing that RPO, and instead of giving the oh, ball no. to the running back, he's keeping the ball and trying to leap like he got to win. Like he got to keep his name out there that he's winning the game. Hey, it's a team game, Josh. Josh Allen, Bills are 10-3. and three. They need you for the playoffs. Hand the damn ball off, man, and give the ball to the running backs. Wow, Come so on. wait, real quick, before we go to break and wrap up tonight's show, because we're coming to the end of tonight's show, we're going to talk a little bit of Yankees, come back. You're saying that the Bills' offensive coordinator is trying to run running plays, but, but Josh Allen's taking it in his own hands, and he's just running the ball on his own. That's what I'm He didn't say that. He didn't come out and say it. But Brian Dable said it when he left and went to the oh, Giants. He said, wow. Brian Dable said, Brian said, wait a minute. I called a lot of running plays. It's just that Josh Allen ended up running with the ball. He said, I, I called running plays for the running backs. But he said that on Brian Dable said a lot on the way out the door. He, uh, he, he definitely wow. admitted. He said, I called a lot more people. Everybody was on me all season about you don't call enough running plays. I, I called running plays, and sometimes Josh Allen would turn him into a pass play. He would he would option out of it into a pass play, and and, and, not, and it makes a lot of sense because if you're watching the game, why would you allow this guy who's not completing passes accurately? He's not hot. Today's not his day. Why are you allow him to continue to throw the ball when you when you should be handing the ball off to your running backs and running the make ball? A when very, you, very good point. And this could be a clip that people go back and watch in the future if this man hurts himself. Yeah, he leaped God. over. He leaped over a guy yesterday for the Giants and Jets. He leaped the guy almost hit him right in his groin area, and he ended up flipping and landing on his head, landing on his face. Man, well, he must on. have balls of steel. It's the only yeah. explanation, George. Must be. He like to get a, hey, somebody gonna knock him out like they did the quarterback Pickett and uh and uh and and, and uh, Huntley for the uh, Ravens yesterday. That's gonna it's gonna happen. It's, it's about to happen because he's he running too much. He running. And he and he and he's not trying to avoid contact. He actually runs toward the contact rather than trying to avoid it. And this is a perfect time uh, for our next lead-in for insurance. Go to at one pr credit at one prcom for all things insurance. This is the Ryan Show FM. Don't be like Josh Allen. Be smart. Insure your body before yes. you go head on into trouble. George Radney in studio, expert in all things Buffalo Bills. We'll be back soon. I'm living every day like a hustle. Another drug and juggle. Another day, another struggle. I don't wanna live. All good things must come to an end. Yes, even this radio program. And yes, even the looming free agency decision of Aaron Judge, which I predicted the second that Brian Cashman signed that contract. I thought, my God, his head is gonna be on a stick if Judge doesn't sign at this point. As soon as I saw that contract, George. George Radney in studio, by the way. To everybody out there listening, George Radney can be followed on Instagram at George Radney and find the man on Facebook at George Radney. Real Deal Sports Show, the greatest sports show, period. You can find that on the Beat Radio up in Rochester. Um, yeah, so this this free agency 
Finally, George, it's come to an end. Brian Cashman signed that four-year contract. And the first thing I thought was, my God, this man has balls to put that out there publicly without Aaron Judge signing. But to me, that was kind of the deciding factor. When that moment came, I thought that was it. How about you? What did you think about Aaron Judge, his decision? Did you expect him to stay or go? Oh, you're going to save face. And when, once the cashman and put the money out there, let, let it be known that the money's out there. He has, it, 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 to me, it was, a, it, it was a two-way street. Cashman had to save face, and so did Aaron Judge. If Aaron Judge would have walked and went to the San Francisco Giants or the San Diego Padres, he know the New York people would be all over him. And New York is, is really where he's played, where he's known that. They treat him well. The fans treat him well. So they owed it to him on what he's already done. He's really being paid for what he's already accomplished. Now, what now the future, how much more can he accomplish? And also, what other talent can you bring in now, now that you're paying uh, one man that kind of money? Uh, you got you still got Giancarlo Stanton. Are you going to trade him? Uh, Torres, I think they definitely got to trade Torres. He's he, throw, he, he commits way too many errors. He's a good offensive guy, but his defense is just uh, too big of a liability for them. And their pitching, Garrett Cole, is not the same. That guy, he's another guy getting paid the crazy money, and he's not producing. Uh, and they're not, they don't get on him that much, which they really should. Uh, they should try to get out of that Garrett Cole contract because even in the big game, he doesn't come through for them. It's hard, though. Who will replace him? I agree that he's he might be overpaid, especially without the sticky stuff. Three... 300 plus million dollar contracts with the Yankees. That's a record. John Carlos Stanton, Garrett Cole, Aaron Judge now, and potentially Carlos Correa. There's rumblings that there's a big move about to be made. Uh, Michael Kay just recently reported that there's something about to shake up the New York Yankees on an incredible scale. So, and, and he's saying that it's not Carlos Correa. I know that's what everybody's talking about. But uh, rumor has it that Fernando Tatis could be coming to New York. Do you think there's any truth to this? And if so, do you think it's a good fit for New York Yankees? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, oh, I think it's a thousand percent true because that general manager, oh, man, he ripped him a new one when he uh, when he got on there and talked about him uh, using the PEDs and getting suspended and telling them that he wasn't using that stuff. Uh, and then before that, he refused to have the shoulder operation the season before. And now he done had a shoulder operation, and now he done had the uh, what? What it was his wrist? Whatever he had, he fell off an of ATV uh, at, at, on his own at home, and so he can't. He showed up for work injured, his arm in a sling. They're like, man, what happened to you? Oh, I fell off my ATV, and uh, you know he is, he's very immature. He has to grow up, and and, and I think San Diego uh, Chargers, not Chargers, San Diego Padres are gonna allow him to grow up somewhere else. They sick of him, and I think he will be. Traded somewhere could be the Yankees. I don't know if the Yankees want to take an immature guy and gamble that he can grow up in a big city. That's that's kind of oh, that's kind of dicey taking a young guy that's immature and putting him in the spotlight with millions of people in that New York City media because uh, the Padre media is nothing like the New York City media. So it's a gamble, and I wouldn't be surprised they they make a deal like that and get rid of Carlos Stanton and, Law and Torres, send them both to the Padres. <laughs> I love that sweet swing of Stan. It's going to be tough for me to say about a John Carlos Stan. I, I know that he's hitting what 200, yeah. but I do love those 30 home runs. But right, Tatis, don't, you think, don't you think you can strike him out though? Don't you think on no, your best day, if he threw your yeah. best jump, jump pitch, you probably could strike him out? I will say he did pull through in the playoffs. There were a couple key home runs during both the, was it the division series. Mm hmm. 
that he hit that home run. There were a few moments yeah. there that Giancarlo really did earn that contract. During the regular season, it's very frustrating to see somebody that's getting paid $300 million hit 200, what do you get, 207? Something yeah. crazy this year. Yeah. Um, definitely insane. But for uh, Tatis to go to the Yankees, I look at A-Rod as one of the great Yankees of our time. And he was the same way. Controversial, got caught with the PEDs. He was just a nightmare for the PRs, kissing himself in the mirror. It was absurd. Came to New York, and for what it's worth, became a great Yankee. Won a World Series, did what he had to do, had a few 40 home run seasons. And, you know, like I said, one of the great Yankees. Maybe Tatis could get it together. Maybe with the guidance of somebody behind the scenes, they could, you know, sometimes it takes being in New York and having the, that type of pressure and it fits in with the personality. I never really thought of Tatis as a small town guy. So, Hey, I hope he does come to New York. We'll see what happens. But yeah, on that yeah. note, we'll see. Hopefully he'll get there. Uh, the Padres is going to be good. The Mets are going to be good this year. The Phillies, uh, the Blue Jays are, are talking to some players now trying to make some deals. So it, it's going to be uh, hey, baseball is just around the corner. February, right after the Super Bowl, pitchers come in, are called in for spring training, and here we go again. Baseball will be right back at us. You can find us this uh, this Sunday morning, 8 a.m., on What's Going On, Fox Sports 1280, myself and George Randy, and, of course, Nate Brown Jr. Yes. But until then, find us on Instagram, at The Ryan Show, at George Radney, and on The Real Deal Sports Show. George, what time does it air, and where can they listen? 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. every Saturday morning on WLGZ HD2, The Beat, 105.5, Rochester, New York, YouTube, uh, Facebook, Real Deal Sports Show. Uh, check us out on Facebook and go to our website, realdealsportshow.com. We got the winner's edge. Man, I done won people a lot of money the last four weeks. I've been red hot uh, picking the games, go to my winner's edge. Uh, you could have won you some money yesterday. I told everybody. Uh, I blew it. Detroit, Detroit Lions, Minnesota Vikings. I told you take over 52. It ended up at 57. I told under 37 for the Steelers and Ravens. It ended up being what? 19, 24, 16 to 14 final. That's like 30 points. I would have won you a boatload of money on those two picks alone. Not to mention the Chargers at night handling their business against the uh, Miami Dolphins. That was another one right there for the for the ages as well. So hey, would have won you that money. You heard the man. So that's why I got to listen to the Winner's Edge so you're not broke around Christmas like my ass is going to be if I only had listened to the Winner's Edge earlier. Folks, we appreciate you listening. Be a winner and keep listening to the show. Thanks, as always, for listening to our live broadcast here. This is The Ryan Show FM, and you can follow us everywhere on Instagram at The Ryan Show. We'll be back next week at the same time and same place. Love you, folks. Over and out. Peace. Peace.